Shalom, Rabbi Sachs here from the Chai Center. And, um, welcome, welcome to the Chai Academy. It's an assortment of papuri, if you will, of various classes and courses. And uh, this is a, a course that we've started called Genesis. And this would be the third one in the series. However, each one is self-encapsulated. One doesn't really need the prior course, so if you're tuning in and you see this, don't necessarily tune out. Um, if you want to see the other, the, the other two courses or any other course that we've offered, um, please feel free, I encourage you, to go to thehighcenter.com forward slash academy. And you'll see a series of courses and um, you'll see the Genesis course. So we've been discussing, essentially, we've gotten as far in, in as day one. And um, today, hopefully, um, we'll finish day one and go into day two. Hi, Eileen, how are you? Hope all is well. Um, so we've been discussing that on the first day, God created light and darkness. And once again, darkness is a creation. Darkness is not just absence of light. And um, that's, that's um, uh, just as a reminder the secondly, secondly is is that um, we, we've been discussing, you know, what type of light. If if um, if God didn't create the sun and the moon until the fourth day, so what kind of light was the first day? Hi, Hazy, Tanta Bela. So um, so that 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 is um, that's something we explored yesterday at great length, and there's different opinions, and they're, and they're fascinating. But we never actually addressed a question. A question is, what is the reason for light? Why do we need light? So we need light in order to be able to see, in order for be people to appreciate the light, in order for, for grass to grow and, and for, uh, you know, to, for things to live, right? If you don't have light, um, then you either you have to, either you'll wither away or the plants will wither away or you need to create artificial light. But so it says on the first day, God created light. But why? But why? Nothing else was created on that day except for light and darkness. There was no man to appreciate light. There was no plants. There was no grass. Um, there, there, there was nothing. There was no animals. There was no vegetation. There was no, uh, you know, there was no real water to, 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 uh, um, for the light to bounce off of. So it's brought down in, in Hasidic teachings a fascinating concept that when God said, let there be light, it wasn't only to create a light, but rather it was a mission. It was a call to action. Let there be light. Wherever you live, whenever you live, you need to bring light. Light is synonymous with clarity. Light is synonymous with, with being able to, 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 um, to see someone's nuances. Light uh, brings forth sensitivity because in the dark, no one can see. You can make faces of the person, but in the light, you wouldn't dare do it. Light is also, um, light is Torah, light is mitzvahs, light is, is, is light, it's positive, right? It's all positive. So God is saying it's a call to action. It's our mission statement, if you will. 
the very words, if they can be called words, because of God, it's difficult to say words, but the very utterance that emitted from God was, let there be light. And if God just had said that, it would have been enough. Let there be light. It's our job, your job, my job, um, to, to create light. And, and especially, especially it's pertinent when there's darkness. As we know, a little light can dispel much darkness. So we live in dark times, right? In the United States, the country's divided. Across the world, there's this pandemic. And, and um, anti-Semitism has reared its ugly head in many places, including in the United States government. Um, and and it's, it's dark. Things are bleak. People are suffering economically, etc. It's our job to bring light to the situation. It's our job to be a little bit more positive. It's our job to give clarity to someone who needs it. Because as, as we know, as we know, that when a, um, when a person is, is, is in the midst of something, some crisis, they can't necessarily see the way out because they're so subjective. But when you're, when, when you're objective, you can really help and guide the person. That's the job of a human being, and that's that's what a therapist excels in. That's what a rabbi it needs to do is is to basically hear the person, hear the conundrum, the dilemma, the obstacle, and and then say, okay, it's not me. What concrete advice, objective advice, can I give to the person? And we all need to do it. We all need to bring light into the world. Right. And, and, um, and it could be, by the way, as simple as a smile. It could be as simple as, as a good word. It could be as simple as thanking the cashier who risked his or her life during COVID, especially when it was rampant, right? And, and I mean, it looks like there's a spike again, God forbid, but um, to say thank you. That, that, that little thank you can bring much light. And that is, that is what we need to do. And that's the call to action. Let there be light. Now, interesting to know, on, on, on the first day, we said God created everything, right? So God, on the first day, created the elements, right? All, all the elements. And God created air, fire, earth, and water, etc. God created the, the, the um, pre-matter, you know, which, which is... Um, you know, which, which is, um, what's, it, it would be positive, negative, um, matter, antimatter. Um, God created energy, energy on the first day. It all happened on the first day. So God, for example, the, the, you know, gravity, that was created on the first day, right? Electromagnetism was created on the first day, right? Strong and weak nuclear force was all created on the first day. The concept that people that that things could grow, um, things are, are are inanimate. The concept that that, uh, that that you have beasts that that have living, living um, living beasts and, and and also human beings, all everything that was going to happen, that God was going to create. God created that on the first day, so so um, it, it it is you know. Everything that you're taught in quantum mechanics and quantum physics, it was all created on that day. Everything. You know, a, a, um, 
Um, so, so, so it it is a you know magnetism and and, and uh, anything and everything. God created in that day, and then He created you know the the, the uh, then when when He then when God created the 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 world and separated etc. As we'll discuss. So um, you know certain certain magnetism was on the North Pole and, and uh, the polar opposite, the South Pole. But all that was created on the first day. So the first day was really the quantum leap of creation. Everything else, once again, was just, okay, so you'll get a strong nuclear force, you'll get a weak nuclear force. Um, and and um, you, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll have, um, you know, you'll, you'll be matter, you'll be antimatter. Everything, everything was done, was done on that day. And then the rest of the time, in fact, um, Truth be told, as it says in the Kabbalah, it says in Tanya, that um, God is continuously creating, right? God is not just, uh, didn't just create in, in, in six days and then brought forth rest on the seventh day and then walked away. God is continuously, continuously creating. And, um, and, 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 and it, it, it has to be that way. Because as as we, we as we studied in Tanya, the book of uh, really a, a basic, you know, Kabbalah 101, That's what Tanya is. So it says that because God created the world ex nihilo, there was nothing, and brought it into something. So God didn't just change form. He did not just take a piece of wood, and then be able to bend it by soaking it in water and then planing it and creating um, interesting designs in it. That's something from something. But when there's nothing, absolutely nothing, God has to continuously create. God can't, essentially can't walk away. You know, when you, when you, take, when you take a piece of metal and, 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 and you work on it for years and create this intricate design that has a uh, grandfather clock with little hair pin, here, um, you know, the, the circle, pieces of metal that are so thin and so fine, and, and you um, bend them into shape, that's something from something. But to take nothingness, so there was no gravity, there was no magnetism, there was no nuclear force, there was no, uh, there was nothing, there was no air, there was no fire, earth and water, there was nothing, imagine that, nothing! There was, and once again, there was no time, there was no sun, there was no planets. God has to constantly, constantly keep that in motion. And it's not like creating something out of something, but rather it's ex nihilo. Nihilio. And so it's, it's, it's absolutely from nothingness and it defies our logic. What does it mean there was nothing? Right? There was nothing. It's hard to explain what nothingness is, right? How do you explain what, what nothingness is? So, um, and, and, um, and that's a very big teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, that uh, God has to renew constantly. It's almost explained like a fluorescent bulb, that um, it's 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 constantly pulsating light, right? Constantly pulsating light. So incandescent bulb, as long as there's a connection, it's it's on until you shut the connection. Um, but a, but a fluorescent bulb is constantly constantly moving down that fluorescent tube, and um, for a second. It stops, the light goes off. And, um, and, and that is the same way, the same way with this world. So, um, 
So that that is essentially the first day. First day was 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 as I say huge, and um, it was it was the the magnitude of of that first day was incredible because every principle that we have, right, with every principle that we have was was on that first day. Every every scientific principle, right, the black hole was created on that day. The Milky Way was created. It wasn't suspended, but it was created on that day. Planets, galaxies, universes, all on that day. The second day, the second day, it says that Gunn took a look, and, and what he saw was that there was, um, there, there was just water everywhere. Both, both high waters and lower waters, water was just everywhere. So God, he took the higher waters and he rose them up to heaven and beyond. And he took the lower waters and he pushed them down and they covered the entire earth. So God essentially created some sort of division between between the waters it's very very it says that that god's god basically took a look at the firmament and um and split half up half down it's very hard to know what it means firmament according to nachmanides it means the atmospheric ring that that um anything from the atmosphere ring and and in towards earth is lower and anything atmosphere ring and above is upper not everybody agrees with that so so um that that was my money's Nachmanides, and i may be confusing the two i'm sorry but um so one of them says no anything that's to do with terrestrial the earth the galaxy you know any any anywhere that that um anywhere as far as the eye can see and it could be a hundred years travel right is lower and anything that's extraterrestrial is considered upper. So from here we learn, by the way, is that angels were created on the second day. Being the angels are extraterrestrial, they're not part of this world, this galaxy. So God created angels, the lofty level angels for that matter, because he created angels later on as well, but the loftiest level angels were created on the second day. And that is why, by the end of the first day, when, when we read, it says, and it was evening and it was morning, Yom Echad, one day, it doesn't say Yom Rishon. It doesn't say the first day, it uses the term Echad. Rashi says, is because Echad, God on the first day was just God. There was complete oneness. On the second day, there was something with a force, with an energy in addition to God. And that is the angels. So angels were created on on um, on on the second day. So that's I believe how Nachmanides says. Nachmanides says that anything within this galaxy, this universe is lower waters and anything. Now, there are others opinions that explain it not not mutually exclusive to Nachmanides or Maimonides. But they add another you know, dimension to it. That essentially, 
that God separated physicality and spirituality. So what do I mean by that? Nowadays, we know that when we take a piece of parchment, what is parchment? Parchment is hide from an animal. And you say to yourself, gross, right? You take a piece of hide, skin of an animal, and you write on it some holy words, whether a lengthy one, the Torah, or a small one, the mezuzah, and you write on it these words, we know it becomes super holy. And it's actually holiness. You're not allowed to throw it out. You're not allowed to burn it. You have to make, if it falls down, you have to quickly pick it up. Likewise with a, with a prayer book, likewise with any holy book. It, it's holy, it's intrinsically holy. Right? We, we, there, there, there's things that are called holy acts. They're holy. They're, 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 we, we, can, we can turn a, a, um, a, a regular cup of wine or grape juice into holiness by sanctifying it on the Shabbat and making a blessing over it. We actually turn this mundane wine, and as long as it's kosher, we can revert it to holiness. If it's not kosher, we can never revert it to holiness. So now we can do that. But we can only do that post-Torah being given. See, the day God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, he forged physicality and spirituality together. And that hadn't taken place since the second day of creation. The first day of creation, physicality, spirituality, quantum mechanics, it was all one big one big, um, you know, one big mold, one big mess, one big, uh, you know, all joined together and etc. And then God on the second day separated. And so therefore, even if Abraham took a piece of parchment and Abraham wrote holy words, just like we would, it doesn't, it didn't become intrinsically holy because spirituality and physicality were completely separated. The twain shall never meet. They couldn't enmesh. They couldn't join together. They couldn't be physical and spiritual at the same time. Spirituality is for the upper worlds. Physicality was for the lower worlds. The moment God gave us the Torah, and that is true, by the way, the minute, the moment God gave us a mitzvah, even before the Torah. So, um, so, 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 it, 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 physicality and spirituality became a mesh. So therefore, um, let's take a, um, you know, God told Abraham to circumcise himself. He was, the poor man was 99 years old. Um, I know when I got my circumcision, I couldn't walk for 18 months. So poor Abraham, he was 99 years old. God told him to. Now, why didn't Abraham do it before? He had prophecy. Because if he did it before, there's no holiness. If God didn't tell him to do it, so all he would be doing is removing, painfully removing, 99-year-old man, unthinkable to himself, unthinkable, right? And, and that's it. There's, there's no holiness if God didn't instruct him. Once God instructed him, now it became holy, and he did it. And likewise with any other mitzvah that we've given. We, we were given, we have in totality, 613 commands, 
right? Some of them are between man and man, some of them are between man and God. And when we do them, we actually bring a dosage of spirituality either into the item or into oneself, one's community, into the world. And that didn't take place for 2,448 years. So for the first 2,448 years, from creation until, until the Torah was given, physicality and spirituality, unless it was commanded by God, but for the most part did not enmesh, did not join, did not fuse, did not bond. So, so that was the magnitude of the Torah being given. And God consciously did it. God separated, separated the waters. And, um, and, and uh, mundanity remained mundanity and holiness remained holiness. Now, the, the, um, if you look at the Torah, every day of creation, God said, by Yaralakim, God looked, um, and, and God said it was good. The first day, the only day that it doesn't say God saw it was good was the second day, was on Monday. Maybe he knew that Monday was back to work and people are just in rotten moods. But, but the reason given is because God divided the waters. Anytime you divide, Anytime you take one thing from another, there's always a little part of us that feels badly. So even God, he said, the world can't exist the way it is. It's just water all the way to heaven. Right? God said, I have to split it. But he did not say it was good. Because part of him said, well, I am separating upper waters from lower waters. It also wasn't complete yet. Because the earth was still full of water. It was just it was one hundred percent covered in water. Right? So so um so so therefore it wasn't it, it wasn't complete until the next day, until Tuesday. So Monday is actually there is there is you know God looked and God said okay I'm I'm gonna you know I'm gonna suspend my feelings of completion and say it was good until it uh, until I truly complete it. So um, so and, and that's what happened. So realize that anytime that there's a, 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 a breaking apart, it may be for the best. Nonetheless, there's still feelings of melancholy that that, that settle in. With God obviously it was a conscious. With us, sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it could be subconscious. Now, here's an interesting, here's an interesting thought with regards to the, the uh, and once again, by the way, if you have questions, feel free to ask. If you have comments, you want to say hi, um, right? rather than me lecturing, it could be some give and take, but either way is good. Um, so th th there's a midrash, there's an interesting midrash. And uh, Midrash itself is interesting. You know, is, is, it, is, it, is it morals? Is it stories? Is it hyperbole? Is it to be taken as fact? I mean, there's so many different discussions, and I guess it depends with Midrash as well. Um, but the Midrash says that the lower waters were upset. The higher waters went to heaven. They got to abide in the celestial, uh, you know, abode. 
whereas the lower waters got stuck in this physical, uh, you know, uh, the, this physical planet where, where, where um, you know, <laughs> this um, companies of ill repute dump stuff in them and, and uh, you know, and they were upset. They said, why can't we be pristine and pure and, and uh, you know, serve the heavens? Why do we have to be down in this earth and almost like severed? Because once again, this earth, godliness, <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, godliness is not apparent. So the Midrash says that God turned to the water and said, Complaint noted. I hear you. Which is a lesson in itself, right? You can never ignore somebody. Somebody talks to you and you know, reaches out to you, but you can't just poo poo him. So this is water and God. You know, there's no real. So God said, I hear you. God said, What we're going to do is on every sacrifice that will be offered, every contemporary table where people eat food, they will have salt in food, salt on the sacrifice, dip your bread into salt. This way, when they offer a sacrifice and they have to offer, you have to, it's the biblical command that every sacrifice you offered salt, so he says that way the lower waters will be elevated to to on high, and th and that is the reason that that we dip, you know, on when we when we have bread we dip it into salt because we we um we we just like the sacrifices we elevated the salt so too in our Friday night table Shabbat table or any day of the week for that matter when we make a blessing on the bread we dip it in salt in order to elevate, elevate the, the lower waters. But there's a commentary on the Midrash. The commentary, and the, a couple of commentaries, one of them says is that in general, we as human beings, our job is to elevate everything. God created this world, right? And he created it and so much attached to it. There's so many different moving parts in this world. The human being, right, was the last cog in the wheel. We were the last thing to be created, as we'll discuss. And our job is to elevate everything and anything we come across. So when we use salt, essentially we're elevating the mineral kingdom. That's the representative, right? When we bread, we're elevating the, the you know, vegetative kingdom. And I apologize to vegetarians. You know, when we when we when we have a piece of fish on Friday night meal, a filter fish, that's the idea. We're elevating the fish, elevating the wine, elevating the bread, elevating the vegetables. Ele right? Our job is to elevate, to do good with what we have. If we don't do good with what we have, if we do negative, then we, we when we bring it down. And if it's just mundane, then we don't do anything. Our job is to be consciously elevate things that we touch. Consciously. Salt, in particular, was came out of a yearning of the lower waters. God, I don't want to be separated from you. I want to be connected on high, says the God, and so you shall. When we put salt in our food, when we put dip our challah, our bread in the, in the salt, it's basically our thought should be one of yearning. Dear God, Dear higher energy, dear, dear, you know, cosmos, I don't want to be severed, sundered, separated from you. 
And so it's a feeling of yearning that I want to be connected to a higher, deeper, meaningful life. I don't want to just remain in this mundane life. It's true of the salt. It's true of us. So the salt is actually a very, very powerful lesson, one of yearning to be better, one of yearning to be connected, to be plugged in, to be charged into a by into and by a a, a, a more of a spiritual force, a spiritual life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I've gone over time. So this concludes today's uh, class. Please God, I think we'll regroup again on Monday. And Monday, we'll, we'll probably finish off day two and begin day three. So God bless. Have a good rest of the week and weekend. And may the Schwartz be with you. And uh, as far as salt, a little bit never hurt anybody. Just everything in moderation. Be well.